गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीबॉडी आई स्नेग्ध शर्मा आई एम गोइंग टू प्रेजेंट द हिंदू एडिटोरियल डेटेड सिक्स नवम्बर टू थाउजेंड ट्वेंटी दिस पॉडकास्ट इज फॉर दोव टाइम टू रीड न्यूज पेपर दम सेल्स द एनालिसिस ऑफ द एडिटोरियल इज गिवेन ऑन द लास्ट सेगमेंट ऑफ द पॉडकास्ट लेट्स गेट स्टार्टेड हैप्पी प्रिपेरेशन day political takeaways from the bihar campaign the strategy of tejasvi yadav shows this election is more about the evolution of the social justice plank than its burial this article is written by seema chishti bihar's champaran farmland served as the brewing fields for gandhi's rumination and eventual journey on mahatma more than a century ago later the state was uh, quick to catch the sparks of gujarat student revolt and lend the anti emergency movement the fury that was to become a priory fire which consumed the invincible indira gandhi bihar is renowned for its intangible political energy equations and trends that have gone on to shape india's political fire fire firmament throw back to the past the final election results notwithstanding not that the voters mandate is sacrosanct consider goa manipur karnataka maharashtra and madhya pradesh the election campaign has provided important political takeaways like all elections in the last 6 years including the municipal polls and the capital in 2017 narendra modi has campaigned with admirable energy and dedication in bihar the prime minister's campaigning is an opportunity to peep into his vision and priorities for the people of the state and the country a quick glance at his speeches shows that mr modi's refrain is ayodhya's ram temple and article 370 the 370 in kashmir darbhanga on october 28 and champaran on november 1 jangal raj spoken of fin a reference to double yuvraj ostensibly of tejasvi yadav and rahul gandhi chapra chapra on november 1 struggling to keep simhasan or throne bihar referring a throne bimaru bihar referring to an outdated acronym for bihar Madhya Pradesh, Rajasthan, and Uttar Pradesh uh, no longer used even in seminars. Almost all of the prime minister's repeated references are jarred throwbacks to the past. Ayodhya's Babri Masjid was brought down in 1992. Jungle Raj referring to preservatives for Lalu Yadav and Rabri Devi's time as chief ministers 15 years ago, and the last time that either Tejasvi Yadav or Rahul Gandhi's father held public office was several years ago. This is certainly no summation for them to defend. It is a negative agenda of campaign anchored selectively in the past. No vision invoking fear. Nitish Kumar has been in power in the state for the past 15 years mostly with the Bharatiya Janata Party and there is a little in the achievement columns of this report card on Mr Modi to seek votes on soliciting support for another 5 years of jaded government is tough and thus our argument seems to be that we are bad but they are worse 
not the most inspiring political pitch more surprising is a lack of vision for either bihar or india from the prime minister the selective recall of 1990s is odd when at 57.2% bihar has the highest proportion of those below 25 years of age in the country this is like the captains of proverbial yearning for the safety of the shore when the boat is in choppy waters mid in mid ocean when instead it needs vision to navigate ahead the exponential rise of the bjp now dominating the political scene with more than half of india states under its rule and having 302 lakh seats lok sabha seats as in october 1 2020 began by leveraging the upheaval of the 1990s as a polity was challenged by newly opened fissures of caste religion and economic disparity social and cultural issues are an integral part of indian electoral politics but to invoke the divi- divisive issues of the past at this time point points to a poverty of vision for the future of the missing destination uh, the shape of a governance is aiming for win at sea instead of taking matters to a higher level of aspiration the country's top leadership has chosen to invoke not hope but fear a lost opportunity and why when india has gone from one of the fastest growing three economies in the world to among the lowest among the slowest with an unprecedented decline of 23.9% in the first quarter of 2020 the country would have benefited from learning of the prime minister's plan to get the economy back in shape the novel coronavirus pandemic also offered an opportunity to speak of public health as a sharp arrow in its quiver and take his party's campaign to another high level quite the contrary happened when a free vaccine was offered as an election sop hitting another new low for the bjp in 2020 public health at a time of rapidly growing infectious disease has already been handled centrally and has been universal and free the smallpox vaccine bcg or even the tuberculosis program has been centrally driven and unconnected with electoral cycles the appeal that proved invincible and lent a deathly blow to the congress led united progressive alliance in 2014 was a dream that mr modi associated himself with the gujarat model notwithstanding its merits was about hope about vikas development and overall about improving lives of indians a formula that proved unbeatable the promise plastered on all available billboard was about 2 crore jobs every year rupees 15 lakh in every bank account and the burnishing of an entrepreneurial spirit that would bring welfare and prosperity mr modi would make india great again and improve the condition of its millions who came out and voted for that dream this appeal was developed on the campaign that mr modi had carefully crafted around vibrant gujarat which had shut down his critics it was mr modi as a doer and the vikas purush that won accolades and eventually the seat of power in delhi the core hindutva spirit that he stood for was just the back story mr modi in 2014 worked as he offered himself and much more the youth connect 
Turning the tables on this, Tejasri Yadav's campaign in Bihar is frustrating the ruling party as it is using that of very powerful appeal against a 15-year-old regime by citing the absence of bread and butter issues and taking the campaign out to the state's youth. His primary emphasis during the election has been on the high rate of unemployment forming the backbone of his promise of providing 10 lakh new government jobs to the youth of Bihar. The BJP has been forced to play catch up. After the results come in, there will be much more to theorize on how caste politics has changed in North India. Enough has already been said about how this is the last of the mandal elections with Nitish Kumar on the back foot, Lalu pa- Lalu Prasad not campaigning and Ram Vilas Paswan no more. But on closer scrutiny this is more about evolution of social justice plank than its burial. Tejasvi Yadav in 2020 is doing uh, Anarendra Modi in 2014 by not making it overtly about social justice alone. The Mendel campaign of 1990s in North India was was particularly anxious to underscore that it was not economics but social operation that rankled and need urgent redress by threading economic upliftment seamlessly into the idea of social justice tejasvi yadav has confounded his opponents he need not even loudly talk about the backward caste or utter the phrase social justice any more than mr modi had to proclaim that he is a proud bearer of hindutva In 2015 when Nitish Kumar and Lalu Prasad stuck an alliance they stumped the BJP by turning it into a forward versus backward election that was a case of political innovation in the face of BJP juggernaut at a time when the electoral machine of the BJP with its freshness was at its peak but this time what has annoyed nitish kumar and visibly frustrated the bjp is tejasvi yadav coming up from behind and smoothly introducing social justice 2.0 into the campaign in his own unique manner the results of the elections will be known soon but there is already a winner for political reimagination it is tejasvi yadav against a very nitish kumar a rear view mirror gazing narendra modi Seema Chashti is a journalist based in New Delhi. Thank you all. Happy preparation. The forgotten fact of China occupied Kashmir. The second article of the day. The anniversary of the instrument of accession last accession last month is a reminder of China's illegal territorial occupation. Sujan Arshino Following the abrogation of articles 370 and reorganization of India state of Jammu and Kashmir a China Pakistan tandem has emerged to internationalize the issue including in the UN Security Council Pakistan has a feigned solidarity with the people of Kashmir and continues to train and fund separatist and terrorist FAT the FATF the financial action task force The global watchdog that monitors financing has retained Pakistan on its grey list for a good reason. China's support for Pakistan is motivated by a desire to perpetuate its own territorial grab in the Trans-Karakoram Shugsgam tract of Kashmir. Legitimately India's China treats Jammu and Kashmir issue as a bilateral dispute left 
from history to resolve between india and pakistan it has turned a blind eye to the constitutional shenanigans uh, shenanigans uh, by which pakistan's so called federal ministry of kashmir affairs and gilgit baltistan has acquired complete sway over pakistan occupied kashmir it ignores pakistan agenda of integrating गिलगिट बलिस्तान एज इट्स फिफ्थ प्रोविंस ये चाइना हैज टेमेरिटी टू क्वेश्चन द स्टैब्लिशमेंट ऑफ द यूनियन टेरिटरी ऑफ लद्दाख एंड टू टर्म इट्स अ यूनिलेटरल अटेम्प्ट टू चेंज द स्टेटस को इन द कश्मीर रीजन चाइना हैज नो लोकल स्टैंडर्ड टू कॉमेंट ऑन इंडियाज इंटरनल अफेयर्स सिंस द अर्स फायर प्रिंसली स्टेट्स ऑफ जम्मू एंड कश्मीर कश्मीर एक्सीडेड टू इंडिया थ्रू द इंस्ट्रूमेंट ऑफ एक्सेशन ऑन अक्टूबर ट्वेंटी 1947 the shrugsgam valley in the Ta- transkarakoram tract part of pok was handed over on a platter by a supine pakistan to china through an illegal border agreement on march 2 1963 however the continuing chinese occupation of kashmir's territory does not find adequate mention in the contemporary discourse surrounding this issue china occupies 5880 square kilometers in the shrugsgam valley in the addition to approximately 38000 square kilometers in aksai chain china and pakistan have colluded to obfuscate these facts even as the pakistan economic corridors china pakistan economic corridors which runs through parts of indian territory under their respective occupation history underhand methods historically china played an in in insidious role in changing the frontiers of jammu and kashmir through through fictitious claims and unscrupulous alliances with local chieftains china exploited the great game between british india and russia in the late 19th century it pushed territorial claims far beyond the traditional frontiers of xinjiang it gradually crept into areas in the tang duma dumbash paimas and karakorams well south of its frontier along the kunlun mountains while the british and the russia russians were busy creating buffer zones along the frontiers of xinjiang and tibet china was systematically stepping into the void by the 1890s china had started asserting its presence in the valleys between the kunlun and main karakoram range the british eroded the traditional frontiers of the maharaja of kashmir in the region around saibullah saidullah and also those of the vassals the mir of hunza after the mir's defeat in 1869 at the hands of the joint forces of maharaja and the british the chinese tried to co-opt him in their scheme scheme while giving him the refuge till then the mr mir's authority ranging in the takdumbash pamis till davdar and east eastward in raskam had never been contested by the chinese the chinese had started the practice of exchanging annual presents with the mayor of hunza in the recognition of his authority over the unruly nomadic tribes that inhabited these valleys the tradition of exchanging gifts with the mayor of hunza was exploited to a stake a retrospective claim to hunza as a tributary of the king empire since 1762 ad the shik The chicanery is contradicted by China's own historical accounts and maps of the 18th and 19th centuries which show the southwestern frontiers of China extending barely up to the Kim Lun range. By 1891 the China Chinese had quietly moved south of the Kun Lun range by consolidating their presence at Saibullah Saibullah which earlier marked the further 
outposts of the provincial states of Jammu and Kashmir. Then they moved further south to Suget and the and thereafter showed up to the Karakoram Pass. In 1936, the mayor of Hunza was asked by the British to abandon his rights in the Tag Dumbash Pamis as well as in the Raskam, Raskam Valley, but the Shaksgam Valley, uh, southwest of Raskam and the Agal Range, remained with the mayor of Hunza. This remained the traditional frontier of British India until independence inherited by India following Jammu and Kashmir's accession in 1947. The Pakistan Connection It is this border that was blatantly compromised by Pakistan in its so-called agreement with China on March 2, 1963. By giving it to China's expansionist designs and superior claims to boundary along the Karakoram range, Pakistan not only compromised India's traditional frontier along the Kulun range to the northwest of the Karakoram Pass, but also enabled China to extrapolate a claim line eastwards along the Karakoram range in Ladakh. This collusion allowed China to claim the whole of Xi'an, in which it has no historical presence. After the partition of the Indian subcontinent from 1953, Chinese troops actively started transgressing the frontier in eastern Hunza. In October 1959, they wrestled some livestock from the area, prompting an angry response. Angry response from Pakistan. It was that it was determined to defend its frontier. However, President Ayub Khan, spotting an opportunity in the rapidly deteriorating India-China uh, in ties in the late 1950s, decided instead to pander to the Chinese. Pakistan deliberately chose to downgrade the historical claims of the mayor of Hunza and eventually signed away the Shaksgam Valley to China in 1963. As party to the dispute, the provincial nature of the territorial settlement between China and Pakistan is evident in Article 6 of the 1963 agreement, which clearly states that the two parties have agreed that after the settlement of the Kashmir dispute between Pakistan and India, the sovereign authority concerned will reopen negotiations with the government of People's Republic of China on the boundary as described in Article 2 of the present agreement, so as to sign a formal boundary treaty to replace the present agreement. In effect, this agreement has established China as a party to the dispute. It has a vested interest in the legitimizing its illegitimate gains in the Trans-Karakoram Tract. The anniversary of the instrument of accessions on October 16 is a reminder of China's illegal uh, territorial occupation. Sujan R. Chinoy, a former ambassador and China's expert, is currently the Director General of the Manohar Parikar Institute for Defense Studies and Analysis, New Delhi. The views expressed are his personal. Thank you all. Happy preparation. Third article of the day is Viana's Woos. While stopping terror, authorities should build on values of pluralism and secularism. The attack in Vienna that killed four people on Monday night underscores the, tra- the transnational threat European countries face from Islamic terrorists. The assault follows the beheading of a school teacher in Paris above and a knife attack in Nice 
that took three lives. In Vienna, the suspected gunman Kustum Fizulai, to 20, a dual citizen of Australia and North Macedonia and Albanian origin, opened fire near a synagogue before being shot dead by the police. He had a previous terrorism conviction. In April last year, he was sentenced to 22 months after he tried to travel to Syria to join the Islamic State. He was released in December because of his age. The immediate question is the Austrian authorities face would be about the failure in preventing the attack. How did a terrorism convict slip off the security radar and launch an attack in the capital country at a time when Europe was on high alert following the terror assaults in France? Austria will also have to plug the security loopholes as several countries in the continent including France and the UK have raised the threat levels. The largest challenge is how to address the issue of radicalization among youth, youth and counter attempts to disrupt the social cohesion of the continent. Austria's conservative chancellor Sebastian Kurz known for his fiery anti-immigrant policy politics sent the right message when he called for unity in the fight against terrorism he said the fight is not between christians and muslims or austrians and immigrants but between civilization and barbarity mr kuz who had teamed up with islamophobic far right freedom party in 2017 to form the government for the first time is now in power with the green party and has more political leeway to build a stronger national response to terrorism jihadists use violence to create social discord while they unleash violence on the public name of Islam. The rising Islamophobic nationalist parties in Europe seize on such incidents to bolster their fortunes. Francis Marine Le Pen, with an eye on the 2022-22nd presidential election, has called for a ban on the immigrants for some Muslim countries and declared a war to evict Islamic by force from her country. In Austria, the Freedom Party would take cues from her national ruler, Rule Rally Party. This is a two-front attack on the democratic and secular values Europe stands for, and this is what the terrorist wants. Leaders of France, Australia, and other terror-hit countries should not allow the jihadists to have their way. They should clamp down on terror network, isolate and punish the jihadists, counter the ideology of political Islamists, and build on the values of pluralism, secularism, democracy, and equality, and set up, set up de-radicalization efforts from hell with the communities. This is a fight that they cannot afford to lose. Arresting Arnab Police should have avoided an arrest that could be seen as political, politically motivated. The arrest of Arnab Goswami, editor-in-chief of Republic Media Network, is without doubt a high-handed action that may contain an element of vendetta. There was a really no reason to arrest Mr. Goswami or any other citizen for that matter. In a case that has been reopened after being formally closed by a competent court in 2019, It might be true that the police then may have under political influence and unlawfully closed a complaint that Mr Goswami and two others had abated the suicide of Anwar Naik an interior designer in May 2018 and that there may be sufficient cause for it to be investigated afresh given the presence of an incriminating suicide note 
There may be some substance in the allegation. However, there is no reason to arrest anyone unless they are likely to evade trial, threaten witness or destroy evidence. It would have been more appropriate if the police had investigated the matter thoroughly and filed a charge sheet in the court of law if there was sufficient evidence to believe that the conduct of the accused has driven the victim to suicide. The transaction and the agreements involved the testimony of the family may have been enough to seek a conviction under section 306 of the IPC which essentially requires some evidence of the act that directly or indirectly incited victims to take their own lives claims by almost all union minister that mr goswami's arrest bespeaks an attempt to throttle the media however have no substance as is obviously a case unrelated to his work as a television anchor at the same time the manner in which a matter can be reopened and the accused arrested might have a chilling effect on other journalists with better credentials than mr goshami there is no love loss between him and the police in maharashtra possibly the due to the impression that he himself has given about his about where his loyalties lie it is conceivable that his arrest may be an unsavory extensions of the continuing acrimony between the shiv sena and bjp he already has pending fias against him for allegedly making inflammatory remarks on air he has outspoken uh, critique of maharashtra government besides running down the police in connection with the sushant singh rajput death probe he has been taunting the mumbai police commissioner ever since his channels came under investigation for allegedly fixing trps In this backdrop the onus was on the status on the state and the police to avoid the impression of resorting to vendetta Mr Goswami as part of his nightly fulminations against assorted enemies of the state is known to demand the arrest of anyone he denounces including many who may be innocent and has been accused of hate mongering in the name of journalism however he should not be held to his own low standards if pre-trial arrests are not necessary they should be avoided especially if they could be seen as politically motivated